It truly is a pleasure for Nancy and I to be here. And if you notice, I'm, I've even learned to go in the, the right way. I just didn't jump here, so I'm trying to get a little bit more civilized and uh, be more respectful of uh, uh, the protocol here. Uh, but most of all, uh, I just love you guys. Love you guys very much in the Lord. And uh, as Pastor Dan mentioned, uh, I mentioned last uh, the other day at the pastor's uh, celebration uh, we held at Starbridge that I'm really one of those fortunate people. My backup... Uh, preaching person is uh, John Wilson. Uh, those of you who don't know him, my backup is better than me. So our church is in a really good spot when you've got a backup that's better than you sort of a thing. But it's such a pleasure to be here. And I think the Lord's given me a good word for us, so please uh, take it in that vein. And the title of today's uh, service is The Christmas Gift of Jesus, who brings real hope and great possibilities. You know, gifts from God are undeserved blessings. James, the oldest half-brother of Jesus, tells us in James 1.17 that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I wonder if he was thinking of his brother, and as he wrote this epistle, his then Savior, when he said these words, and he penned them under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In fact, let's look at when the birth of Jesus was foretold to young Mary, the mother of James and Jesus. Luke 1, 26 through 38. And in the sixth month, I'll just pause here and say that this is really in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. If you read earlier in the context of the passage, that's what that sixth month is about. The angel of Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women." And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus." He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she shall also conceive a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
Amen. And I want us all to pause right there. That word given by God through the angel Gabriel, preserved in the Holy Scriptures, is also a word for us. We can hear the very word that was spoken to Mary, and it's a true word. It wasn't just a historic word for them. For then, it's a historical word for us as well. It's an eternal word. Amen? 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. The greatest gift the world has ever received was when God sent his only begotten son to earth to be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Born in lowly circumstance so that we might be born again. To live forever with God in heavenly places. This is the real hope that God gives everyone. If we accept God's gift of Jesus, we can be born again. You know, everybody's born once, right? But not everybody's born again. But that is a possibility. If we repent of our sins and accept Jesus as Lord, even as Jesus' brother James did. You know, in the scriptures say at one point, James doubted that he was the Messiah, but he got converted. Some people don't even realize this, but even mother, his mother Mary, got converted. Even the holy mother Mary had to be saved. Did you know that? The same Holy Spirit that came upon Mary and empowered the very birth of Jesus can cleanse us from sin and allow us to walk in newness of life. The real hope of Jesus is that we can be free of sin, free to live and love like Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, from birth, lived a sinless life and grew in stature and wisdom. We are to do that as well. Jesus was fully God and fully man. He is our example of how we are to live. I believe that one of the best portraits of Jesus as a man is found in 1 Corinthians 13. I'd like to read 4 through 8 and 13. Uh, I usually uh, quote from the King James Version, and I'm doing that today. In the King James verbiage, ver, uh, uh, Version, it says, Charity. Many of you know that as love. It's the great love chapter. I'd also like to think of, of you to think of, of it as this way as well. It is not just any kind of love. It's the love of Jesus. Okay, so anytime uh, we read through this and you see charity, which is a wonderful thing, think of the love of Jesus. But also think of this as a portrait of Jesus. And it's also a, a portrait of how we as his followers are to look. Amen. So let's read this. Charity loveth, suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Bearing all things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails. 
The love of Jesus is the most powerful force in the universe. It never ends and it never fails. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. Faith in God, hope in Jesus and his word, and the love of Jesus are ways of living. It is what sets us apart as people. I mentioned uh, at another service not too long ago that sometimes people will say, you know, we are to be a peculiar people. And sometimes, and in the Greek, that doesn't mean squirrely, however, okay? Because a lot of people really get a lot of mileage out of that uh, phrase, peculiar people. But it's really peculiar in a good godly way, amen? This way of living is the adventure of living in the Spirit. Friends, real hope, biblical hope, is to see with spiritual eyes, not with our natural eyes. Hope is to believe in what is possible with God. You know, Jesus, while he was on with us on earth, used the word possible a lot. Here are just a few. And Jesus, looking upon them, said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. In Mark 9, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Mark 14, And he, Jesus, said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will but what thou wilt. I do want to pause there because as we do want to embrace this powerful truth that all things are possible with God, we need to pray like Jesus as well and stand on that other phrase, but thy will be done. Thy will be done, not ours. We speak the truth and what we want, but as we align ourselves with God's word and his will, we must always remember only what God's will be done. If we're wrong, we want corrected. Amen? Amen? Matthew 17, For verily I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. He was speaking to mortals, you know. How many of you are mortal? <laughs> yes, you are. So am I. Okay. To hope in the real, in the possibilities of God is not only a gift, it's a way of life. But it is a gift that must be opened and a lifestyle that must be chosen daily. That's the act of discipleship, discipline. And they come from the same word. God has given us a real hope and true potential and true possibility to live an abundant, positive, proactive life daily in all situations. Doesn't that sound wonderful? It even looks better. Amen? 
The mature disciple of Christ is to go beyond, this is a phrase I use, a big church kid who gripes, complains, acts childish, and wants things their own way to become a man or woman of God. How many of you know there's a big difference? There's one thing to be, I know the scriptures do talk about we're all in different levels of maturity. Talks about um, babes in Christ, right? And that there's a, even Jesus went through a maturing process. I just want to pause for a second and say, do you know that Jesus emptied himself of so much of his power that at one point he didn't even know how to talk? I want you to think of that. Baby, Jesus came out a baby, right? He cooed. He cried. He didn't say one word because he hadn't been taught yet by his mother and his father. He had to grow into a man. He even had to learn how to walk. Mary had to help him with his first steps. How many of you parents remember teaching your children their first steps? You can relate, can't you? That's how Jesus is with us. We are to live a life like Jesus, a life that daily reflects real hope, a life full of healthy optimism, excuse me, and hope in all situations. I love that little word. When you see that little word in scriptures, that means a lot, doesn't it? All covers a lot of bases, if you haven't noticed. And that's a standard that's set high, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can reach that, that standard. Amen? I pray that we would all unwrap and accept this gift of hope in Jesus. During this season, where we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that we would live in such a way that we would make him proud of us. That we would be men and women of God worthy of the name Christian, which means Christ-like. God's gift to us is life. Our gift to him is what we do with that life. We are meant to be a people and community who exhibit Holy Spirit hopefulness. Not just pie-in-the-sky wishful thinking. I'm talking about Spirit-filled hopefulness that is built on God's Word and the rock of Jesus Christ. To be positive and proactive, believing that with God, all things are possible. Many here today are at the beginning of a new chapter. We are all soon approaching a new year. What if, in the name of Jesus, we committed ourselves to being more hopeful, positive, and proactive to be more like Jesus? I mean, if any of you have more room for growth... I do. I hope next year I am a better person than I am right now. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? How many of you would like to have a better pastor next year? Uh-oh. <laughs> you should have one. I tell you what, if you pray for him daily and he does his part, he'll be a better pastor next year. So how many of you think he deserves a better congregation next year? <laughs> he does. You guys can be better. That's not a put-down, that's a pick-up. 
It's an encouragement. We all need to be more like Jesus, right? Amen. But it takes some effort and determination. You know, there was another Mary in the life of Jesus. Remember, he grew up from a little baby. You know, Jesus was even in utero. Did you know that? I do want to say in this time, that it hurts me to say this, in the country that I love, many of you know I'm a veteran. My father, his brothers were veteran. My brothers was a veteran. I love this country. I hate what it's doing. <sighs> to children... Some of, how many of you have ever carried a baby? I mean, in utero, you mothers. I can't imagine what that is like. But it is a life, isn't it? Yes. It's a sin to abort a baby. Amen. <clears throat> but there was another Mary in the life of Jesus, Mary Magdalene. This Mary, who also started off as a little baby, I would say, had seven demons. She manifested not only physical and emotional problems, but moral problems as well. But the baby Jesus grew in stature and wisdom daily. He was the son of Mary and son of God who grew into a man of God. He went from a little baby to a teenager to a man of God. I will pause and say as well, Mary was a teenager when she gave birth to Jesus. So teenagers, being a man or woman of God doesn't have anything to do with age. It's a choice. How many of you know some people 55 going on 15? I do. They're around. How many of you know some people 15 going on 55? That level of maturity. It does happen. It's a choice. David was a teenager when he killed Goliath. Do you remember that? That's the truth. But when Jesus met Mary Magdalene, he didn't see a bunch of problems to be fixed. He saw a person to be loved. A person with great potential. Jesus saw reality. With real hope, Jesus saw Mary Magdalene as a beautiful saint who would anoint the body of Jesus for burial. This Mary, Mary Magdalene, stood with Mother Mary at the cross of Jesus. Can you imagine what Mother Mary must have been thinking? Those hands and arms that took the nails, she probably remembered wiping the dirt off of those little hands as a baby. When those nails went into her son's feet, she probably remembered washing those little feet. Remember when some of your little feet were cute once. They're not so, they're not so cute now. But little babies' feet are cute, aren't they? They are. They are. But those little feet of baby Jesus that Mother Mary must have been remembering, she saw them, big man feet, with blood dripping down them. And she stood by Mary Magdalene. And she didn't just see her son, she saw her Savior. Amen? Oh. When Jesus hung on the cross 
for her sins, for the sins of Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, and for our sins as well. She was the first, Mary Magdalene, at the empty tomb, and she encountered the risen Lord. The fact that we are sinners is not the most important fact of life. Anybody can see that, right? The important fact, the great gift of Jesus, the real hope, is that we can be saints. Jesus was born to die for sinners so that we might be saved and be saints. Jesus did not come to put us down or keep us down. He came to pick us up. He didn't come to use us. He came to love us. I hate to say this too. That word love gets used a lot in very disturbing ways. How many here, and I'm sure a lot could raise their hands, people said, I love you, but if they were telling the truth, they would say, I want to use you. But they use that word to betray people. Can I tell you, Jesus never lied to anybody. He never betrayed anybody. Never has, never will. I almost want to say you can take that to the bank, but I'm telling you, you can take it to the grave with you and then go to heaven beyond the grave and say, thank you, Jesus. You never lied to me. He didn't come to use us. He, didn't, he came to love us. He didn't come to exclude us. Jesus came to include us in his world of faith, hope, and love. Jesus came to set us free from the distorted views of the world, of religion, and faulty thinking. God sent the Holy Spirit so that we might have the mind and life of Jesus, a mind and life full of real hope. Let me ask a couple of questions, and they might make some of you uncomfortable. I feel like I know you so well that that's going to be okay, okay? <laughs> now, don't say anything at this point, because they're kind of leading questions, but it's leading for a purpose, all right? Are you important... <laughs> now take this one and think of allow yourself to feel your answer you don't have to speak this one are you beautiful? now let me tell you something if God says you're important you're important if God says you're beautiful you are beautiful if Hollywood society your, your psychology or your religion says that you're important, says that you're not beautiful or worthless, that's their problem, not your reality. My friends, God not only speaks the truth, he is truth. God's message, his gift to us is the reality that we are important to him. He sent his only begotten son to die for us. He wants us to live with real hope and great possibilities. Once we embrace this gift of real hope, we find that great possibilities are everywhere and they will come to us daily. It is possible for God to be born in a stable. 
in Bethlehem, no less. You should, how many of you know the, the reputation of Bethlehem? And quite frankly, it was well-deserved. But that's where God sent Jesus to be born. It is possible for God to be born of a virgin. Some of you know I'm a behavioral scientist. I'm a somewhat educated man. Frankly, I'm so educated, so wonder I can think at all. But um, if you ask any scientist or medical doctor worth their salt, can a virgin give birth naturally? Can a, can a virgin give birth to a baby? They'll say no. And let me tell you something. It can, it's possible. It already happened. It's not possible in the natural, but it's possible in God's world. And this is all God's world. It is possible for you and I to be born again. There are people that think that is stupid. It's a bunch of superstitious religious mumbo jumbo. I'm telling you it's the truth. It is possible for the Holy Spirit to indwell us so that we might live abundant lives, lives that are holy, healthy, hopeful, and Christ-like. Did you know that God wants you to dream dreams? It's in the Bible. And also this, to have them come true. Dreams of a new business, a new career, a new lifestyle, a new attitude, a new marriage, a new walk with him. God wants each one here to have the desires of your heart. He wants to give us good things. Some of you may have had a really rough 2012. But my friends, let me tell you something. Just because you have a nightmare, don't stop dreaming. God gives us the real hope to better a better tomorrow and to be better than we are today. We have that great potential because of him and his love for us. Jesus grew in stature and wisdom, and so can we. It doesn't just stop when we're a teenager or when, when you're in your 50s. And I'm going to turn 60 in February. But you know what? I pray to God that I still grow in stature and wisdom. It's not over just because we have our high school diploma. Amen? We can change from being self-centered, complaining people to people who really care about others and are thankful people who love to serve God and others. Jesus was born in an isolated place in a manger. As an adult, he never owned his own home. He never married. He never knew that blessing. He never had children. He never knew that blessing. He died in many ways a lonely death on the cross. But his legacy goes on. His life goes on in the body of Christ. We now are his hands and feet. We are to love in his name. Amen. Christ in you, 
and Christ in me really is the hope of glory. Yes, Jesus is alive and sits at the right hand of the Father. And did you know, this is in the scripture too, he right now is praying for us. Did you know that? How many of you know God listens to the prayers of Jesus? Jesus does not pray prayers that do not get answered. Did you know that? And he's praying for us. But he is also alive in his church, which is alive and growing. His love is expressed in millions of lives around the world, and it's growing. Folks, you're not going to hear this on the light nightly news. You're not going to hear it in the newspapers, but I'm telling you, the word of God is more true than any newspaper you will ever read. So his love is expressed in all of these lives around the world and including, now imagine this, places like Fenton, Chesterfield, Wildwood. Can you imagine that? I can imagine that. My friends, choose today to make this Christmas what God wants to give you. Make this Christmas one filled with real hope and great possibilities. Thank you for allowing me to share this message with you. Pastor Dan, if you would come up and uh, just close, them, close us as the Spirit um, leads you, I'd appreciate it.